Blue Wire. Welcome to episode number 51. That's what B said. I'm your host, Bree at Breezy Clee, and I am joined by Miss Mullis at Bird's Eye View. Hello, Brittany. Hello, Bree. Hello, Meredith. Hello, everyone in the chat. Yes, we're so happy. And Meredith is with us as well, having a wonderful hair day at MK on Sports. Hi, Mare. Thanks, guys. I noticed you didn't say anything about my hair, Brie. What the it hell? It's beautiful. Great. It looks great. <laughs> beautiful. My face is like breaking out in blotches. So it's, I mean, everything, everything's great. Zero F skin. My, my, uh, my hair decided to celebrate Victory Monday. <laughs> I love it. It's big. It has secrets. Yes, it's where I store all my secrets. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a wonderful show lined up for tonight. I'm very excited to chat with you ladies because it's Thanksgiving week. So the theme of the show is, of course, things we're thankful for. And we've got a lot of them. Um, Again, I have a lot of Browns chat, obviously. And then um, we're going to kick off. Actually, we have an announcement to make that we tried to make last week, um, which was a massive fail based on the, the recording not going through. But um, if you guys missed it, we've announced on Twitter, we are um, partnering with Providence House Cleveland, a local organization, and we're teaming up to raise money and get donations to support um, one of their holiday events. And there's no better time to donate because it's going to be released, our episode's released on Giving Tuesday. Um, So if you guys want to help out, You can find all the information on our website at www.girlgangcle.com. There's multiple ways you can chip in. You can donate to our PayPal fund, as well as ordering things from the Amazon wishlist, or if you'd prefer to shop and drop off gifts. We have all of those details there. We set a lofty goal to raise $1,000. We surpassed that on Saturday, which is amazing. So we're going to up the goal to $2,000. We have no doubt that we will be able to get there because we have amazing listeners and followers. Um, So we're very excited to help out that local organization. And we have until December 6th. So plenty of time to donate. Um, Any amount helps you guys. So don't apologize for your donation. Um, And don't forget to send us a note with your receipt or your Amazon purchase. Um, we're going to be doing a raffle too to give away some fun little prizes for participating. Yay. I know. So exciting. I'm so happy to be partnering with them and helping them out this holiday season. Do we know what the, the total is at this point? Last time I checked and it's been a while. I think we were at 1175. <gasps> That's so exciting. Yeah. So we're going to be able to That's purchase awesome. some, a lot of things that they need for the holidays and they're just thrilled um so this is awesome and hopefully next year we can do like an in-person get-together event and make it even bigger but this year it's all virtual such is life trying to keep things uh covid compliant over here (laughs) because we we want to set we want to spread cheer not germs right Did I get it right? Did I do that right? That was such a mom joke. It was. <laughs> oh my god, I'm try. I try to get the like the Christmas language right. I really do. I, like I try. Good. <laughs> a for effort, Meredith. Yay! <laughs> oh yes, everyone's in the comments saying right now, like yes, even if you can't donate, if you can just share the link for us, get the word out. Um, every, every little share helps us. Um, okay, guys. So first things first, let's move on to the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. They have a better record than the Baltimore Ravens in November. What? 
All right. That's all we have. Goodbye, everyone. The episode's over. Thanks for joining. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So the Browns defeated the Eagles yesterday, um, who are in first place in their division. Wild, by the way. Um, (laughs) Does it make the wind sound better than what it was or there's really no merit in terms of beating the first place Philadelphia oh no, oh, no 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 we take victories wherever we can get them so I purposely wrote down the Cleveland Browns defeated the first place Philadelphia Eagles because it's true and I'm not above taking wins like that and making a big deal out of nothing it's kind of my thing so well I'm no, first place Philadelphia Eagles. It's fact. I wouldn't call it making something out of nothing because I've said this before and I'll say it again. The difference between this Browns and the Browns of years past is that this team is winning games that they're supposed to be winning. Like, because how many times in the past did we get so upset when the Browns would lose a game and afterwards everyone is saying that's a game they should have won? Sure. Like, and we're not saying that now we're saying these are the games that they did win. And, and I think that's the important thing. And I think that's one of the things that people keep losing sight of because even though this stretch of games, isn't particularly difficult, these are all games that the Browns should be winning and they are, and that's a big deal Mm -hmm. against first place teams. I really think we're, we're just skimming over this guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to skim over it. (laughs) Um, actually you bring up a a good point. I do. So remember a few weeks ago, oh gosh, this was like a month ago now when we beat the Colts Mm -hmm. and it wasn't qualified as a good win at that moment in time. And now you look at the Colts who beat, they beat the Titans, what, last week? Um, and obviously they just knocked off the Ravens. So does that win now look better? Like, do we just shift goalposts based on what happens in the consecutive weeks following a victory because nobody seems to want to talk about that I think we should because everyone's been shifting the goalposts for the Browns in in calling them a good team or a a uh, contending team you know everyone keep and everyone keeps shifting the goalposts for Baker Mayfield so you know what shifting the goalposts on on the Colts yeah by the way we never said that we that's true we never did we never did said it was a good win over a good team i know yeah we just got mad at the dales that kept shifting the goalposts on baker because we're sick of it it's amazing how many times we're actually right about things like if you really think about it we're right about a hell of a lot ladies I mean, I've been telling Jenna for months that she needs to make a shirt that says Mollus is right because you like you're always right. <laughs> Tell that to everyone you know. I, I will right. I will buy a Mollus is right shirt and I will wear it proudly. I'll wear it to work and everyone's gonna be like, what the Yeah. My husband has been wearing Mollus at me. <laughs> My husband has been wearing the Mollus. Mollus and Breezy and Dales, oh my. And it makes me laugh every single time he puts it on. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) All right. So the game yesterday, like a lot of games this season, it felt really weird when it was happening. Um, And at times it was very frustrating. But then when it's all over, and, and especially when you win, there's time that you can sit and reflect on it. And there's a lot of positives that, actually came out of it so in the spirit of thanksgiving like we talked about we have a theme so we're going to talk about 
what we were thankful for yesterday. Brittany, I'll, I'll start with you because I think these are going to be easy. It's just oh, yeah. going to roll off. Yeah, because like you said, you know, during the game, I felt a lot of frustration. Like there were a lot of things that like, you know, the, the defense made some sloppy plays or they missed some tackles and sometimes the offense, you know, the overthrows and stuff. There was a lot of like frustrating times. And I'm just like, Rrr. but then once it was over and I thought about it, I'm like, man, that was actually pretty good. Like, you know, the <laughs> dust has settled and I've had time to, you know, compose myself. And I thought about it and I was like, there was a lot to be thankful for. Number one, obviously, Nick Chubb. And to a lesser extent, Cream Hunt, but still, still <laughs> thankful that he's there. Um, it took most of the game to get them going, but when they get going, it's very hard to stop them. Yeah. And Chubb had 20 carries for 114 yards, of course, because he's great. And Hunt had 13 carries for only 11 yards, but he had that tremendous, much-needed touchdown where he hurtled over a defender and everyone cheered, and it was very exciting. So... We're very thankful for that. We're thankful for the stiff arm, ladies. Yes. Can yes. we talk about the stiff arm? The sti- we, yeah. That, that was the mo- moment of the game. Incredible. I loved it. He didn't even look at him. Imagine being so strong <laughs> that you could just take a guy down without even looking at him. Like, just boom. Done. Yeah, that man was massive, too. Yes. Like, that wasn't just, you know, like a little Denzel Ward. Like, I, I think, like, he could easily get stiff armed. But oh, like, <laughs> I know. I mean, little didn't he's like a little stick out there running around. <laughs> we have to talk about him later too. We'll get to that. We will. We will. Little Denzel. Um, so I, I wrote down here. I said we know everyone likes to assume the weather doesn't matter to big, strong Midwest teams like Cleveland, Midwest, but it does. And can you imagine what this offense would be like if they didn't have this tandem in these weather conditions, ladies? Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine yesterday? Like, yesterday wasn't as bad, but the week before and then against Las Vegas in the rain and the wind. And can you imagine if they didn't have such a strong running game, what this offense would be like? Yeah, well, the Eagles tried to beat the Browns through the air, and I think that's what did them in because because they just kept intercepting Carson Wentz over and over and over again. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I love, I love that laugh. Um, I just, I don't know if it's because they didn't have faith in their running backs or if they like legitimately thought that they could beat the Browns through the air and they couldn't. And I do think the weather had a huge factor in it. And I think that's one of the reasons why the running game took a little bit to get started, but you know, Stefanski stuck with it and he kept, calling those running plays and it eventually worked out. So I think he kind of understood because it did not stop raining or snowing or sleeting or whatever it was on Sunday. It had been going when I woke up, I leave for work about seven o'clock in the morning. My car was covered in snow uh, by the time I, and it was, I don't know what it was doing, sleeting, freezing rain when I left for work. And then when I got out of work at 7 PM, it was still raining. So it was just nonstop all day. Yes. And don't tell me that. Do not tell me that's football weather. Cause I forget whether it was Dustin Fox or Gerard Cherry, but one of those guys, when they were asked what football weather was, they said very specifically 70 degrees and sunny. Mm-hmm. So when you have Gerard Cherry, who is a three time Super Bowl winning safety, saying football weather is 70 degrees and sunny, that's what I'm going to listen to. Not, you know, some Dale on Twitter who's hiding behind a, chief wahoo avatar 
Yeah, yesterday I had people in my mentions because I had tweeted and I said, it doesn't, to me as a fan, again, I'm, you know, kind of an idiot when it comes to things. But to me as a Browns fan, I'm watching this game and I'm thinking, okay, we have two, one very elite running back, another very good running back. And we're playing against Philadelphia Eagles who are just not very good. Um, some people said the run defense was ranked really high. Some people said it was, no, I never bothered to look it up. So I just tweeted like a random opinion and I, I said, it doesn't feel like it should be this hard to run on this team. And like, I'll stand by that because Philadelphia, they have three wins on the year. I was like, yeah, I, I think that's pretty fair. I, it doesn't seem like two very good one elite running back should have such a hard time running against this team. And then people are like, oh, they're, they're stacking the box, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that was one of the things, but, you know, Stefanski stuck with it. Um, and a lot of people were saying, oh, well, it's because... <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a lot of impressions tonight, but it's because a lot of people are just being idiots lately. So when I said that, they're like, it's because Philadelphia doesn't respect Baker. They're not going to let the running game beat them. They're going to force Baker Mayfield to do it because they just don't respect him. Well, okay. They (laughs) like they had that was their plan all along. Like it wasn't like Kevin Stefanski thought, you know, he saw this forecast for today and was like, oh, let's, you know, throw 50 times like that's not gonna happen we're not gonna go for that uh you have two of the best running backs in the nfl you're gonna use them as much as you possibly can so you know that was always the game plan it wasn't like you know oh they're gonna make baker mayfield because they don't respect him no it's because it's raining and they have running backs that's what's happening and eventually worked so hooray for us i mean even if even if it was like say patrick mahomes being the quarterback right now with the exact same weapons around him, I still think it would be a run heavy game. I still do just because when you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the team, that's what you do. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes is an elite passer, but even with those weapons around him, like if that's who we had under center for the Browns, it would still be a run heavy game. I'm convinced of it. Yeah. Yeah, It was actually a little bit head scratching watching the Eagles because it actually felt like their game plan was pretty solid going into it. Like they ran right down the field. Now, granted they fumbled the ball and turned it over. So not, not ideal, but they were running all over the Browns and quite frankly, we couldn't stop them. And it almost seemed as if they were playing from behind, like they were down 28 to seven with the way that they were throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. And and it boggles my mind knowing that you have an offensive line who pretty much hasn't had a solid starting lineup that has been the same. I mean, they're second and third stringers. Carson Wentz has struggled interceptions, being pressured, getting sacked, but yet they were like forcing these plays to happen. I mean, I literally felt like I was watching the Browns last year on the other side. Like it was just mind boggling. Yeah. So confusing. And, and I think, they just flat out got out coached and it feels really, really good to say that by the way, that we are on the other end of out coaching the other team, because I think Philadelphia, they had, they had a lot of chances to actually be in the game and win the game. And essentially they screwed it up and, and props to Stefanski and the team for sticking to the run. Because I think at one point in the third quarter, it was, I think the Browns only had 28 yards rushing. Like, which is mind boggling to say the least, considering you have two of the best in the NFL and we just couldn't gain any yardage. Like Philadelphia was doing a great job stopping it. Mm. Um, And and 
he didn't give up. You know, it didn't, it, it wasn't this moment of panic. He was consistent. He was level-headed, not responding on emotion. Um, and obviously they had some, they had some breakaways. And at that point it was like, it's over. Even though the game wasn't, it wasn't over. It just felt like it was over. It felt like it was over because Carson Wentz is so bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you want to, and you want to know what's funny is that like every team that didn't draft Carson Wentz for the longest time obsesses over the fact that they didn't draft him. Like Tennessee was one of the teams that passed up on Carson Wentz during his draft year. And that's all I heard about when I worked in Nashville was Carson Wentz over Marcus Mariota. And I'm just like, that's, that's all we've heard about for years. And that's why I am like, I am floating here right now because I have nothing personally against Carson Wentz. I'm sure he's a fine gentleman, but the way fans have reacted to Sashi not taking Carson Wentz, like we had to hear about it for years. Yeah. And then, you know, even when they went to the Super Bowl and he, and he got hurt and, you know, it was, uh, I almost said his nickname, Nick Foles. Oh. <laughs> and he took him and he won and bravo. And then, you know, it sort of showed that Carson Wentz maybe wasn't that valuable, wasn't as valuable as people thought he was. Um but Browns fans were still stuck. Oh, we kind of had Carson Wentz. And like yesterday, it was just, it was redemption for me personally. I was like, this is a victory. So to, to finally, and I wish, I wish I were that person who kept receipts of all this stuff, of all these things that people have said. I wish I would do that. I don't, I'm, I'm pretty petty, but I'm not that petty. And you know, I also, I have like a job to do during the day. So. <laughs> can't do all that um but no like it was just for years and years and years it's all we heard oh Carson Wentz Carson Wentz Carson Wentz Sashi blah, blah, blah. and yesterday was just I felt like a 200 pound weight had been lifted off my shoulders and we could finally bury the Carson Wentz saga so it's done now we're done I mean the pick six that he threw it like the ball like floated <laughs> like I, <laughs> I mean like talkie talkie I think he's been playing subpar going into these games like I am honestly I was like if he doesn't catch this ball like I could have caught that ball it literally it was moving so slow I I was like I don't think I've ever seen anything worse than this and and we've watched a lot of really bad Browns quarterbacks yes when I got home yesterday the first thing my dad said to me was I didn't know Carson Wentz was that bad (laughs) I was like oh dad I'm so happy you said that I had like tear coming down my face like yes he is that bad it's great oh and i'm sure i'm sure people are still like i was trying to say that he's good i'm sorry i'm like talking over you i just had it's okay okay. i was excited that denzel ward our little stick figure was the one that produced the the tackle that caused him to like waft the ball i mean denzel ward compared to carson went size wise i I mean he's great like miniature it was just one of those things that you in the at the time maybe you don't appreciate as much but then you know, after the dust settles, you're like, oh, Denzel Ward did that. It's like, wow, what a game. What a great moment. Little baby. So, so we'll talk about grateful things. I'm grateful for Carson Wentz making the Browns defense look good. Yeah. Because, I mean, this defense still isn't awesome. Uh, and I forget who said it. I think it was in our group chat. But if Miles was in that game, he would have probably had at least three sacks. Oh, he has to be at so least. mad. 
Yeah. So I just, I, I mean, I don't know. He posted a picture on Instagram earlier today of him playing Xbox. So I was like, I don't know. I, I mean, I have a feeling he would not have posted that if the Browns had lost, but still I saw it and I was like, Miles, what you doing? Also, so Miles is obviously out for Sunday. Everybody heard that news with yes. COVID again. Can we just talk about the fact that like, I really hope that he can come back okay because as someone who I'm pretty sure had COVID, I tried to do yoga like after recovering from it and I could barely like breathe. I was like so out of breath. So like, I'm just like sitting here thinking, I, I understand Miles Garrett is like superhuman, but man, I hope he, I hope he isn't weak. Like I hope that this, because he clearly has to be having symptoms, right? I think that's what's happening with the protocol why he's already been rolled out. And we know he was having sy- symptoms last week, but I, like that thought crossed my mind a little bit. Like, mm. is he okay? Is is this going to take a toll on his body? Like, is he going to come back and feel like strong enough to be able to play at the level he's been playing at? I hope someone's injecting. I don't know. What, what do they inject you with, with COVID? Like, can you get the Donald Trump treatment? Inject oh yeah that that experimental drug yeah Re- remsevir whatever i don't it's even called. know i don't know I yeah it's probably it's a cocktail, cocktail of some kind yeah <laughs> the wellness cocktail <laughs> the wellness cocktail yeah i mean Bree, do you still have antibodies i think everyone keeps telling me they're they're gone but i don't know they, they don't might be no people on twitter don't know no. that your antibodies are gone <laughs> they're not doctors people, <laughs> people on twitter think that carson wentz is a good quarterback <laughs> oh yes um, Brittany, I have to go back to Nick Chubb for a second though, mm-hmm. because I saw that you were in a bit of a battle with oh a check God. mark yesterday yes. about yes. Nick Chubb. So I have to ask you, like, what was happening? Can you fill us all in? Yes. So, you know, when we talk about Nick Chubb, he's not like a generic quarterback. So there's this movement, I'll call it a movement that's, you know, been sort of picking up momentum over the past year or so, maybe a little bit longer. Mm-hmm where, you know, the don't pay the running backs movement. Mm-hmm. So these, you know, super fans who think they're, they're GMs and know everything about, you know, football, um, they don't want to pay running backs. They don't think running backs are worth it. And to an extent, I understand what they're saying a little bit. You, you know, you think of like, I don't know, a sample size of like 50 different running backs, Okay. And they they have a short shelf life. Running backs are known to do that for the most part. But as with anything, there are exceptions to this. So yesterday, me and this man, his name is Jack. I don't, he has a check mark. I don't know who he is. But we were going back and forth because he tweeted and said that the Browns should not pay Nick Chubb they should not extend him to and give him big money because you can't base it on what he has done you have to look towards the future and I said okay time out Jack first of all this idea that you should not pay a player based on the kind of player that he has proven himself to be what you should do is pay him based on the future, which you have absolutely no way of predicting. Like imagine if every GM just did that and said, you know what? It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter that you've been an elite running back. It doesn't matter that, you know, you're a team player. It doesn't all these things. They don't matter. Now we just have to look to your future and say, well, you know, let's try to predict this. 
Okay. So I was just going to let it go there. But then, you know, he, he came back and I don't know why there was like a hundred people that responded to this, but of course, you know, they have to narrow it down on mine. And he asked for, give me one running back in the past 10 years who was either consistent or better in years five through seven. So of course I gave him five and they were all very true. I didn't say any lies and you know, it turned into this whole big thing. And this guy's just like, well, Joe Thomas says you can't get the, the amount of yards a running back has doesn't matter. Well then what the hell do you base running backs on? If you don't look at their yards, what do you like? Okay, dude. So guys, when it comes to signing Nick Chubb, do you think they should do it? Yes. Like, this is just a no-brainer, yes. right? Why are we talking about this at seven exactly. and three? Like, why is this even... <laughs> I, like, I literally am sitting here like, why? Why? I mean, I get when we're insufferable when we have a losing record and have to look forward to whether we sign players, extend players, or who we draft. But at this moment in time, we are a playoff football team, and we are talking about not signing Nick Chubb. I yes. mean, I would, I would have signed him right after that stiff arm yesterday. I've been like, whatever money you want, like it's, you can have it. Like that's it, and I like I can't wrap my head around these people who. One of my big pet peeves in life is when people say stupid things, like very seriously. They think that they're being profound with like really hot steaming pile of crap takes. They're like, here, smell <laughs> this. This it's not what it seems. You know, if I crunch the numbers and I and it's just like, dude, this is just a bad idea. It's okay. Like everyone has, you know, bad takes, stupid ideas that we tweet out sometimes. But like own that. Don't say, oh, we shouldn't sign Nick Chubb because he's not going to be good when that's just probably not true. And another thing, do you want to play against Nick Chubb? No. Ever? No. I don't, I don't care if it, it's year five or year eight. I just don't want to play against Nick Chubb. Not when we have, like, we have the option to keep this man. Why, why, it's, you know, the Browns yesterday, they were six and three before this conversation. We're going places. We almost have a path to the playoffs. And you guys are talking... On a Sunday morning before the game, you decide this is the time I'm going to say, let's not sign Nick Chubb. These are the same people that were mad when we signed Miles Garrett to his contract and deal. Yes. And there were people they were. too. They were like, see, they can do it without Miles Garrett. No, 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 like okay so here's my like my thought is when you're looking at different positions and everyone's like well you don't pay running backs blah 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 you don't play this kind of player you don't pay th that kind of player i think all of that goes out the window when you have an elite hall of famer sure in that position so miles garrett elite most likely going to be a hall of famer mm -hmm. nick chubb elite going to be a hall of famer like I would not pay Kareem Hunt big money, but when you're looking at, okay, I've got an elite player in this position, a one of a kind, you know, not going to find someone like this in the next 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. That's who you pay. Yes. Like to me, I think that that's just the smart thing to do that when you're looking at who you have, that's, that's what it is. So if you had, if, if Nick Chubb is, a better than average running back because I would, that's what I would say Kareem Hunt is like, he's a good, not great. He's 
easily better than average. Sure. But I don't think he deserves to pull large amounts of money. No. No, and you that's know. why I said, you know, you could look at running backs and say, okay, the shelf life's not very long. And you'd be correct on most of them. Like, you know, don't sign a, a, a generic running back for, you know, an extension for like five or six years. I wouldn't do that. But Nick Chubb is not a generic running back. That's not what we're dealing with here. So to say, well, you can't sign him based on what he's done. Yeah, you can, because he's Nick Chubb. And he's proved, I, I don't know what else the man has to prove to say, hey, I I'm... I'm elite. I'm going to be elite for the next couple of years, at least. And then even after I'm done being elite, I'm still probably going to be very good. I'm not going to fall off this cliff just because I hit a specific year because, you know, really good running backs don't do it. Like I took March on Lynch. He was, he had his best years in six, seven, eight. Um, Ladanian Thomason best year was fifth. Uh, I I'd listed a whole bunch. Frank Gore. Not saying that he's elite now, but you know, year seven through ten, he still put up a thousand yards a year. So these, it's possible, it's doable, and like I said, you know, he's somebody. He's not like a piece to your offense. He is someone that you sort of feel comfortable building your offense around, and that's a very big deal. It's actually incredible to think about, though, but it feels like every talented player the Browns have, it's like the fans get uncomfortable with having them on the team. It's like, oh, no, like, what do we do? Like, what do we do with this talent? It's like when the nerd gets the like really pretty girl and he's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I now don't know what to do with myself. This is how we are as fans, because we've never we've never had multiple superstar players on the team, especially at one time. We don't know how to act right now. I mean, next thing you know, Browns fans are going to be saying, don't pay Wyatt Teller. Yeah, like these are and listen, we all love Andrew Barry. I have full trust in what he's going to do for this future Browns team, especially the fact and we've talked about this before, but his alignment with Kevin Stavansky and what he wants to do. These conversations are going to happen and they're going to figure out what is best for this football team and the players that are going to be valuable near term and long term because they're thinking about you know, are they win now? And and there's someone else that you have to pay attention to. And that's Baker Mayfield. You know, Baker Mayfield is also going to be a key factor in all the decisions that they're going to be making. But it just blows my mind that Nick Chubb is one that people kick around and saying, like, don't pay him. I mean, <laughs> that's just so funny. Don't pay I, I also don't wonder pay. if Nick Chubb, like his personality alone I can't see him being like a Le'Veon Bell or a Zeke where he's going to demand this massive contract. But again, he has an agent. I know that the agents tend to want to get the money, but it'll just be really interesting to see how he handles all of that because we know his personality. It's don't talk, work hard and win football games. Like he, he just, like, can you imagine Nick Chubb? Like, demanding all of this money and sitting out and not playing no i can't no i i, I think of him having a level-headed conversation with his agent and andrew barry that's what i envision and i also can't imagine him taking his foot off the gas once he gets paid and i think right. that's important too and people overlook that as well he's not the kind of player who's just gonna say okay i got my money i'm you know i'm gonna give like 70 percent now that doesn't seem in his character it doesn't seem like in his dna so Every every road points to signing Nick Chubb. So, guys, we're just asking you to stop coming up with these takes that mean nothing. You, it's not profound. It's not. It's just stupid. 
Mostly, I, so I'm trying to look really quick. Okay, good. I I just looked up who his agent is. Oh yes, who is it? Um, not it is not it? Drew. Yeah, it is not Drew Rosenhaus. Thank so <laughs> Here's the thing, like drew rosenhaus i think just does every single one of his players dirty like if i was a professional football player i would not want that man as my agent because he is just everything is in his own interest yeah. and not in the player's interests which is the exact opposite of what your job is like you are being hired to keep a certain person's best interest in mind and instead he's just trying to line his own pocketbook so i we're, we're probably not going to have any you know tr- trade me bullshit from nick chubb because he doesn't have drew rosenhaus as his agent so we're good we're good yeah good to go all right so let's talk about another thing that we're thankful for um, and that is that we have Baker Mayfield and not Carson Wentz. So we touched on Carson Wentz, obviously, a little bit. But let's talk about Baker Mayfield and his play specifically. Would you guys rate him good, bad, or average? Meredith, so for- I was going to say, Meredith, I'll start with you. How about that? Are we going okay. for the whole season or just yesterday? Um, let's say yesterday. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to say average um, because he's not he's not bad because he has made some smart decisions and he's made some good plays and I'll even go back to the game before last where you know there's a bad snap he fell on it and you know he made an effort to find a receiver and get it in and even though it was called for intentional grounding it probably should not have been these are smart decisions so I would say he's average because he's not doing dumb things he's not making bad plays but he's also not the star of the show like he's not you know throwing these 40 50 yard receptions you know he's not you know making these big plays through the air so i would say just firmly average (laughs) average. but (laughs) but considering who he has around him i don't think that's a bad thing Britt, what about you um so yesterday (laughs) I've stated before how much I don't like the phrase game manager, <laughs> but I think yesterday he was a very good game manager. He just was. Have turned. There, <laughs> I know I've gone full circle. I've become <laughs> the monster is eating itself. <laughs> I feel like we need to find a different term that's not game manager, yeah, but have to think of something manager. more creative and something that we would use because I do hate the term game manager, but I see why people would say that about it, especially yesterday, because you know he again the, the weather does play a factor in this and he's not going to throw a whole lot um he did he i think yesterday he was about as good as you could hope baker mayfield to be um you know especially when he's not throwing that much you, he's handing it off a lot we have a good running game that we're relying on heavily and that's great i have no complaints there so you know i one of the things that i really appreciate that he's doing more this year than he did last year, especially it seems is that when he knows when to, when to say when. So, you know, if he's scrambling, he can't find anyone open, he'll throw it out now, which I don't think he did as much last year. And, you know, it it ended up disastrously in a lot of times. So that's one thing to his credit that I think he's growing as a quarterback to do things like that, you know, little small, smart things. Um, We saw that yesterday. He had 
you know, a couple overthrows that were frustrating. And again, we talked about watching the game and there were times where it was just very frustrating. And then you look through it and you're like, okay, it wasn't that bad. But those throws, I mean, I, I get weather or whatever, but you, you got to start getting better at that. Um, but there were some really nice throws, you know, uh, one Higgins was good. So I'd say he was a good game manager yesterday and an average quarterback. How's that? Yeah, I'll take it. I said, I rated him as in between average to good. Um, I actually felt like the line did not play as well as they had been. They were obviously facing a pretty good Philly defensive line. So he was under pressure a lot more than he has been the last couple of weeks. Um, and then you couple that with weather. I thought he handled himself quite well. Um, was almost blemish free, but he did have that fumble. Um, I mean, I felt like they were willing Baker to take over the game and, and he didn't necessarily have to because they didn't panic. Um, and I think in the past we've seen Baker panic and Brittany, what you were saying is like forced bad throws and bad decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think all in all, he, he was composed I would have liked to have seen him make those throws in the end zone where he overthrew. Um, I think it was Hooper. Um, and then he like underthrew. Um, was it Bryant? Um, it, the ball was behind him. So like, those are things that I'm like, you got to make those passes Baker. Um, and you would have moved from average to good in my book. Um, but I'm looking forward to watching him play in Jacksonville where hopefully weather won't be a factor. Mm -hmm. oh my god what if it's raining in Jackson? i'm like it'll there'll be a hurricane like there'll be like some natural <laughs> oh disaster like smoke or like oh, something yeah. that no, never it'll, happens. <laughs> it'll be like 90 mile an hour winds <laughs> and rains and storms and alligators and then you'll have some dale on twitter being like well that's football weather <laughs> If there was like a, if there was a loose alligator on the field, the Dales would be like, this is nothing. <laughs> um, so we did have an interesting stat. Um, Baker has not thrown a touchdown since OBJ has been off the field. He did throw for the five touchdowns against Cincinnati, the game that OBJ got hurt. Mm -hmm. um, do we, do we do anything with this information? Let's speculate wildly. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw this today and I sent it to you guys when I saw it. Um, and it's one of these things that it's a nice, not even a nice stat. It's just a stat. It's weird. But, you know, <laughs> given the conditions of everything, given the fact that we now have Nick Chubb back, that's a difference maker. Um, you know, they played in a monsoon one week and terrible weather the, the next two should Baker have found a way to at least get one throwing touch? Yeah, he should have had two yesterday. Um, but I don't it like to me this is it's a throwaway stat. It's kind of fun to talk about, but I'd let it die there. I mean, again, I think that's just more like support for him being an average quarterback. You know, because I mean we've had bad weather every weekend in November. Like November first, yeah. there was snow. Um, the following week was a bye week and it was 60 degrees and sunny on the bye week. Um, and yeah. And then after that, it was the thunder lightning windstorm. And then yesterday it was the nonstop rain and hail. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it's hard to throw in any, like anything in those kinds of conditions. So I got criticized today for just stating an observation on Twitter 
And I was literally just asking a question to see if anybody else noticed the same thing or if it's just me, like, making something out of nothing. But I always feel like our receivers are always diving or sliding um, to catch passes from Baker. I never feel like they're on their feet to be able to run for extra yardage after they catch the ball. Um, And I know that the last three games have been somewhat tough to judge just based on the weather factor alone. Totally get that. I'm, I'm like even going back before weather was a factor as much. It always felt like we never catch the ball in space. And I guess that could have something to do with the scheme. It could be the players. Um, it could be Baker's inaccuracy at times. Um, and there's a lot of things that go into it. And so there was a lot of conversation happening in between my threads. A lot of people have different opinions, Um, but we did find a stat, um, that I think the Browns have one of the lowest yards after catch in the league. Um, but again, this could be skewed just based on the amount of times, or I guess the lack of times that they're throwing the ball. But I think it's something that we need to continue to watch, especially when we get into good weather situations as well. Yeah. Well, and I think also, I think it has a little bit to do with, um personnel so we'll use obj for example before he got hurt um you know obj gets double triple covered every single play no matter what um so on the plays where baker's targeting odell beckham jr obj's gotta be weird in his route running in order to get open and baker mayfield is this pinpoint accurate quarterback or at least he was in college that was what he was known for that's what won him in heisman was just being accurate all the time so in my mind, it's Baker having a spot in his mind, knowing that OBJ is supposed to run that particular route, but then OBJ is triple covered and he has to divert a little bit to get open. And then all of a sudden Baker's accurate throw is no longer accurate. So I think there was a lot of that going on. And I still think there's a lot of that going on. Um, I forget who it was yesterday, but Baker threw a, like a perfect pass, hit the guy in the chest and he just didn't catch it. Well, and I forget who. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it, I think I think the Joku did have one. I don't of know. Yeah, but one. I don't think it was right in the chest though. But it was definitely on his hands. He definitely should have caught it. Yeah, there. Yeah, there was one pass where Baker literally hit the guy in the numbers, and just the guy couldn't catch it. I'm blanking on who it is, but um, but yeah, and I think I think there's a lot of that going on uh, with Baker, and I think a lot of it, you know, has to do with brand new offense, brand new offensive scheme. Like the poor guy was pretty much starting from zero you know, the, this season as, as much as we hate him being in year three and being in a situation where it feels like he's starting from zero, that's pretty much what it is. So he's, you know, having to get used to his receivers, his receivers are having to get used to him and your stars on the team are getting double, triple teamed on every single play. So it's just, there were so many factors that, that go into that. But I think that, I think there's potential and I think that Baker has the ability Um, He just needs to find that part of his game again. Yeah, I think, interestingly enough, the team that is the best in the league, any guesses? I don't know if you guys saw this thread, but someone found the stat, and I think it might be two weeks old at this point, but we'll go with it for now. Who is it? San Francisco, 49ers. And that's what Nick Mullins as quarterback for (laughs) um, part of the time. But, you know, I think I asked Jake Burns too, like, is this something that he notices on tape as well? Um, because Jarvis Landry is one of the best at catching it and gaining yardage. He's like, what goes out of bounds? 
Because like he's, it seems like Jarvis Landry is like almost always on the sides. Yeah, like, I don't know. I yeah. I hope that maybe this is partial scheme as well. Um, because I think just with the 49ers alone, you would think that that actually is that like the the plays and scheming the receivers open and getting them in space. But yeah, again, we'll see as the weather changes. Like this is this could potentially be a different offense when it comes to the receivers without OBJ because we haven't seen good weather <laughs> since yeah. that Cincinnati game. Yeah. Um, okay. Thankful for you guys, at least this week. Um, the defense, specifically <laughs> Olivia Yay. Vernon, Sione Talkie Talkie, um, and Denzel Ward, because they stepped up big time. And listen, fortunately or unfortunately, this is the crew we have to roll with again on Sunday. And Denzel Ward is questionable. So yeah, I feel confident yeah. about this crew stepping up in good weather, because if we are trying to say that the offense is going to be that much better, well, guess what? The defense isn't going to have the help of bad weather. That's fine. Cause now the offense could go back to scoring 40 points a game. And we're, <laughs> just, it's, we're in business, we baby. 40? <laughs> That's, that's exactly what I texted to my dad during the week. So like my parents live in the DC area. My dad was born and raised in Cleveland. So he's a lifer for a Browns fan. And he was just so thrilled when he saw that this game was being broadcast on local TV in the DC area. He was, it was probably partially because of the Eagles too. There's a very large Eagles fan base in DC. Um, and he was so excited. I was like, well, I was like, better hope the offense puts up like 50 points because Miles Garrett is out with COVID. <laughs> so, mm, hey, no. maybe. But the defense came through. Hopefully, hopefully that gives them confidence and momentum into next week. Yes. I'm calling this the Talkie Talkie Revenge Tour. Oh, boy. <laughs> it started yesterday <laughs> and we're riding it the rest of the year. I, I just do know it. it. I, I'm putting all of my eggs in the Talkie Talkie basket. I'm ready. It's his Let's time to shine. His time I love how shine. yesterday he, when he got that uh, interception, when he got towards the end zone, he had his tongue out of his mouth, like oh. being real. I was like, that's real cocky for someone <laughs> that has his stats this year. <laughs> but good for him. I love it. So Taki Taki has always been super intense. Um I guess, what was it? Last year was his rookie year. And I saw him like the very first day of training camp when I was out there and I saw him working out with the defense and like, he was going like a thousand miles an hour the entire practice. And it was just every time. And it was even just like the simple drills, like the, the one where they have like the tackling dummy and they all just kind of like run and, and hit it. And then they go in a circle, just run, hit next guy, run, hit. Every time he hit the the dummy, he was like acting like he sacked a quarterback. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. like, oh my god! Like the guy is just he's he's at a hundred all the time, all the time. No matter what the situation is, he's always at a hundred. Typical well, football we guy. We need that. <laughs> so, I mean, I like it. I think it was like really interesting. I think I have some like video of him uh, from training camp that I had tweeted out at the time of just like him just being way way too intense on on tackling drills. Yeah, well, these guys are going to have to step up to the plate again um, with Miles being out and potentially we don't know what's happening with Denzel Ward. We know that there's an MRI that was being done today. So we'll hopefully have more news on him tomorrow. And I hope the other one is Ronnie Harrison. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be a, a, another loss as well oh, for this. That was crunching yesterday. That made me so sad. Yeah. That, yeah. That was, that was 
perfect. And he's going to be playing against his former team. So you would think he wants to get out there against Mm -hmm. Jacksonville too. Um, But yeah, I I feel much more confident in the defensive line. Like Olivier Vernon, um, Porter Gustin, Adrian Claiborne. I mean, all these guys, like they they made um, impact plays. And Jordan Elliott as well, because I think he had... um, he was part of the one that strips the ball out for the fumble. So yeah, that was just, it. Was just really nice to see them come together. Like you were you were scared going into it because you're like, oh man, Miles, we're going to do that, Miles. And of course, like you know, the, he's he's Miles Garrett. But to see everyone else step up in such a big way to sort of make up for it, what more can you ask of them to do yesterday? Especially Vernon. I mean, well, you had three sacks, five total tackles. Uh, Claiborne, you saw him a lot yesterday. He had uh, one and a half sacks and a strip sack and three tackles. So it was like I was, I was floating again. There were parts of this game that just made me float. I was just yes. so excited to see this. Also, can we talk about Mac Wilson's? <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Mac Wilson, Mac attack. Laugh. Mac attack. We okay. First of all, we need to talk about. <laughs> What was he doing in the end zone though on that not, one play? Not he, he literally could not get like an inch off the ground. It he was, was like he like, was in cement. <laughs> I love him, but that was. But you know, we're not going to focus on that. We're going to talk about the tackle when he helped Denzel Ward when that guy was trying to bully Denzel and Max like, I don't think so, buddy. Boom! <laughs> that is the Mac we all love. Yes. Yes. So true. Not the not the one that Caitlin hates. That was Mac on Twitter. That was the Mac on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Twitter. Twitter Mac. So we want Twitter Twitter Mac. Mac Underdog five one. (laughs) Mac in the end zone was the real Mac. (laughs) Oh, poor Mac. (laughs) No, we love Mac. We still love Mac, and we're always gonna cheer for Mac. Yes, of course. I mean, he loves he loves Cleveland, and how can you how can you dislike a guy who loves Cleveland as much as he does? Yes. Hey, I'll take that over. I mean, come on. We sat through <laughs> we sat through watching players, Jamie Collins. <laughs> oh God. Who would literally just give up on a play in the middle of the game. <laughs> At least Mac Wilson tries. <laughs> Try. I just Jamie Collins used to piss me off because I, I remember like watching those games with him and I'm I'm like, man. If I performed like that at my job, I would have gotten fired like 10 times by now. Yeah, like, infuriating. <laughs> that's what I get upset about. Like, how can you be so bad at your job and not get fired? Where was somebody on the Browns that was like historically bad? And I can't remember. It's going to come to me randomly as we're talking about something else. So if I just blurt out a random Browns player, okay. you'll understand why. Okay. Now okay. It's going to bug me until I think of it. So go on while I figure this out okay so and make all that we're (laughs) going to list a couple more things that we're thankful for i have one and this is going to come as no surprise kevin stefanski obviously um and we talked about this at nauseum but to have a competent head coach who has been managing through adversity week over week he's really gotten this team to buy in and believe and i think it goes to show you based on all of the defensive players that we talked about stepping up. I mean, that is player buy-in into this head coach and his staff, ultimately getting them to a seven and three record. So I am going to probably say that I'm thankful for Kevin Stefanski at this Thanksgiving dinner. That's a good one. I, so I'm going to say that I'm thankful for Andrew Barry because like while Kevin Stefanski is the face of the team and he's 
directly responsible for a seven and three. I don't think we've seen the best of Andrew Barry yet. Um, oh, I think now? I've like, I think at this point, everyone is satisfied with him and they're like, yeah, no, he's, he's pretty good. He's a good GM. I mean, the man is what, 32, 33, like he's millennial GM over here. We love it. But I, I don't think that we really understand the scope of how smart and how good at being a GM Andrew Barry is yet. Um, I've, I heard some rumblings in the Philadelphia organization uh, about how much they loved him and how upset they were when he left to come back to Cleveland. Like that was not something that Philly was happy about. And I'm like, if, if they were trying to hold on to him that hard, like there's, there's a reason for it. So I'm so thankful for Andrew Barry and I'm really, really excited to see, you know, him just really work some magic, you know, in, in the future. For anything, I would just echo both of you. You know how I feel about those two. I mean, they they make everything worth it. They're the dream team. They really are. Did you see that stat yesterday about Kevin Stefanski's record compared to everyone else's? Mm -mm. <gasps> okay, so he's you know seven and three. You know, new hires. Kevin Stefanski seven and three. The other new hires are like twelve and. 28 or something yes yeah, so Kevin like, Stefanski has seven of the 12 wins no or the other like... ones have 12 wins total okay so I think okay. there's like you know four other ones and their total win is 12 Kevin Stefanski's at seven all on his own with a, a shortened season with a COVID season his first season as a head coach he's doing better than everyone thought he would well not everyone thought he would there's three of us right here <laughs> exactly where he's at but most of the people you know I'm just happy. I'm so happy. So thankful for Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry, Andy Podesta, and um, the Cleveland Wait. Cavaliers. I'm also thankful for them. <laughs> <laughs> thankful for nerds. Ooh. All right. So we are also thankful that the Ravens, the Dolphins, and the Raiders all lost yesterday. So the Browns obviously are sitting seven and three, and there are three other AFD teams, um, including the Titans, who beat the Ravens yesterday and who we also play in two weeks. So here's what needs to happen. The Browns need to continue winning. In the next two games, and you pretty much have a clear path to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But we need to talk about how weird the NFL is this year because there are some teams that aren't as good as their record and some teams that aren't as bad as their record. So we wanted to just go through and weigh in on teams that we think are worse than their record and teams that we think are better than their record. So we'll start with teams that we think are worse than the record. Brittany, go. I have so many. <laughs> I, was, I have one that I wrote down. I see you have one written down. I have so many because, okay, here's my thing. I, I do my weekly pool on all these teams every week. And I have been slaughtered every week for like five weeks now, I think, because I over and underestimate everyone <laughs> every week. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do anymore because the spreads are absolutely killing me. So obviously, number one, the Steelers, there's absolutely no way that team should be 10 and 0. I'm oh, sorry. So frustrating. And once it's good, it's going to go downhill eventually. And once it does, it's just going to be a free for all. I think they're just slide all the way down i hope it um, happens soon man because i no, 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 no. we we have to be rooting for them on thursday oh yeah that's right like God. we actually should we want them to win out because 
they, they're going to sit their players in the final game. Like, right? Like, we, we need them to beat the Ravens on Thursday. It, this feels so gross and dirty saying this, by the way. I refuse. I, 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 so hard, like, I don't even, I want them both to just tie. But yeah, like, ideally for us, we kind of should be rooting for them to win out. First of all, I don't understand people that want their teams to go undefeated because, Brittany, I'm with you. It always feels like something will happen to take a turn for the worse. And do you really want that to be as you're making a run for the Super Bowl? Or do you want that to be, like, now? Like, right? You'd rather have it be at the beginning of the season. Sure. I just want Big Ben to go. I know. That's all I want. Because once he goes down, it's done. They are just done. I don't care how good Mike Tomlin is. I don't care how. Oh, he's so smart. Cool. I don't. You don't have the talent. Take Big Ben out, and you saw what you were last year. That's the reality. So once this guy's gone, you're you're done. Yeah, can his arm just turn into a noodle? That's all they want. I just don't want a noodle arm again. I'm done with him. So Steelers ten and zero. That they're frauds, and eventually we're all gonna see it. Uh, The Chiefs. I know Patrick Mahomes, he's great and stuff, but you know what? They always kill me in the spreads. They never win by the amounts they're supposed to win by. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, guys, you're maybe you're not as good as nine and one. Maybe you should be more like a seven and three team. I think that's pretty fair. No disrespect to Patrick Mahomes because he's amazing. Um, Cardinals six and four. I feel like I always, always, always get them wrong almost every <laughs> week because I'm like, yeah, Kyler Murray, he's you know promising. He's going to be great. And then, again, they'll win and they'll squeak by or they'll lose to someone they shouldn't. And I'm like, ah, frustrating. Six and four. No. Bills. I just don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Josh Allen at all. And I don't like that he, you know, runs. And I don't think they're a seven and three team. Like, my mind just can't comprehend that they are actually seven and three. And I don't think they be- I don't think they belong there. I don't. I, I'm sorry. I'll die on that hill. I don't think I'm not a Josh Allen believer. Don't think the Bills chefs have wins. I'm done. Packers, sort of like, you know, the Chiefs, they're good. I get it. But, again, they'll lose, like, stupid games and or almost lose stupid games. And you're like, mm-hmm. I, they kill me almost every week, too. Uh, the entire NFC East, I know they only have, like, two or three wins apiece. I was going to say too many. Like, 0-9 oh at this many. point. <laughs> they're so bad, they shouldn't even have three wins. So they're all they're much worse than all their records. Seattle makes my head hurt because they should be so much better than they are. And they're seven and three. And, and that even feels like no um, saints. I don't know how they destroyed Atlanta yesterday. They, they put in Taysom Hill. They, they don't start James Winston. Drew Brees has, you know, 14 broken ribs or whatever. Like he's, I, Oh my God. It's like and frustrating. And I, don't respect it. I think they are the next team that's going to go down a slippery slope and they're done. Um, so that's my entire list. So go ahead. Mine was the Steelers. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> this is just me being like all types of petty because they're annoying and I have to work with all of their stupid little fans who already have declared that they're going to win the Super Bowl. Oh and I, I, I want to so punch funny. all, I want to stiff arm them all through the computer. <laughs> i mean that's a fair list if you just want to include the steelers I, I again it's only because i pick these teams and i always pick them wrong because i just feel like some of them should be you know better and some of them should be worse and i'm like what is going on this year i'm getting murdered 
Good thing it's not my money. But I love like, how yours were, are I'm all mad. based on betting spread. <laughs> that actually <laughs> makes me laugh. Okay, so then teams that are better than their record. Um. Okay, so number one, the Texans. Yeah. I, because it's, it's obvious. Deshaun Watson. Like, I just, I, I, we talked about this last, last week, but, like, my heart breaks for the kid because he's good and he's stuck. And I, what a mess that is. They should be better than three and seven just based on him alone. I think uh, the Raiders Wait, are Deshaun better. Watson is literally the meme with the dog drinking the coffee with fires everywhere. That's him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah like, he is oh, that fine. meme. Li- the living meme. Yes. Poor Deshaun. Uh, I think the Raiders are better than their record. I think they're... You know, they were confusing at first because I didn't know what to make of them. But the longer the season goes on, the, the better I think they are. Um, and I think the Colts are actually better than their record. I know they're seven and three, but I, the Colts are a good team. No, they're not. We beat them. So they're obviously not. <laughs> <a good team. laughs> um, okay, so I only put two teams down here. I actually had the Cardinals as being better than their record, just because I think from an offensive standpoint, um, they're pretty dangerous, but I think they're in a pretty tough division. So I, I don't, mm-hmm. I think they could actually be better. Um, and then I also had the Raiders. Obviously they beat the Browns, um, but I think they just, they're just a physical football team. Um, I actually thought they were going to win against the Chiefs yesterday. I'm very happy that they know. lost, but yes. I think they're, they're physical in a sense where any team that they can line up against, they have a good chance of winning just based on how intense they play. Yes. I'm going to bring up a team. Oh boy. You guys can boo me if you want. It's fine. Oh boy. Do you think that the Ravens are better than their record? They're currently six and four. I think think other teams are onto their bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I think I'll be nice-ish. I'll be nice-ish because I love Lamar still. I think the Ravens have probably peaked for what they bring to the table. I think now we're going to see kind of like a steady decline. Um, And you all, this is the, I I hate to say it, but this is the Lamar Jackson effect. You knew he was going to be really great for a, a while. And then eventually not. And I think we hit that mark, you know, last last season was like the, the top of the peak. And I think, you know, we're, uh, we're about to see them slide. And it may not happen all at once. They may not, you know, they're going to get really bad all of a sudden. But I think the AFC North just got way more competitive with three teams. Guys, do you think the Ravens Twitter is like in shambles? Like, oh, how do we get on it. Ravens Twitter? Because oh, I did hear Ravens Reddit was like the dumpster fire. Just like sure. sheer panic. Sheer panic sure. mode. I am I'm here sure. for that. I am. I, I'm going to actually, after this, I'm going to probably be on Reddit, Ravens Reddit, for at least two hours. Just um, basking you, in the glory. If you see anything good, you know you have to screenshot it and send it to us. For sure. For sure. But love to see it. Love to see it. Okay, so I'm going to ask you guys a question. Where Hmm. do the Browns fall in this discussion? Better, worse, or right where they should be in terms of record? This is tough. (laughs) (laughs) So are we basing it on 
whatever we want like on paper <laughs> should they be better i mean the goalposts are gonna get moved anyway so <laughs> just base it on like you could base it on um like how good of a hair day they're having i don't know like like we, okay we lost to a 10 and 0 steelers team right like yeah. that's a legitimate loss you lost to a raiders team who looked to be really good and then you lose to a ravens team that now seem to be falling off yeah, I mean, at the time, yeah, at the time of the Browns, like the peak of their yeah, mouth. yep, at that for the first game of the season. Yes, <laughs> I mean, everyone was looking at the Ravens before the season started and said this is a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. So yeah. it was not really a, a bad loss when we were looking at it. We're like, okay, well, we expected the Browns to lose to the Ravens. We expect the Ravens to be Super Bowl contenders. Like it's not that bad. But I mean, yeah, looking back on the losses, I think the Browns are exactly where they should be. I, I kind of wish that they had beaten the Raiders, but outside of that, I think that the Browns are, you know, where they're like, I I think they are what their record says they are. Do you guys know what's wild? I had on the TV like on all day and I had it muted. So I, I couldn't really listen to what was happening, but I think it was on NFL network. And I think I saw it on ESPN too. There were a few places where they legitimately have the Browns as being a really tough team to knock off in the playoffs because of their like past two wins in this treacherous weather. Like that's literally, that was literally the storyline of like the Browns were able to pull off two wins in really bad weather. This will not be a team that you want to face come January. And I was like, this is wild, wild. Wow. The weather football guys had to have been just like. They needed time by themselves. <laughs> they needed not safe for work time. Yeah. All right. So you guys want to end the show with something fun? Yes. I mean, our whole show is fun. Yes, but of course. Baker Mayfield has been quoting rappers for weeks now. Yeah. Um, DMX, Snoop Dogg, Lil Wayne. So we wanted to predict what song slash lyric he should quote next week. So Brittany Meredith and I all picked our own um, lyric that Baker should use. And we know he listens to the show, so won't be surprised if we actually hear him <laughs> quote this. And then we're also going to go through the Twitter. Th- Some of them are just fantastic. And we're each going to pick a few to read. Um, Meredith. Would you like to go first? So I'm going to go a little bit out of left field and I'm going to shout out to Cami justice because she put together on Instagram, a compilation of all of uh, Baker's drops in case you missed any of them. Oh, I'm going to have to look that, look at that. No one is talking about the fact that he quoted Ricky Bobby. Oh yeah. So he had it. He had a Ricky Bobby quote. So I'm thinking his next one, and this is because he's a Texas boy. I think he's going to go with some country music. Like it's going to be, Ew. I think he's, I can't name any country songs. Cause if it's not Dolly Parton, I don't know it, but yeah, I think he's, I think he's going to do something country. I think he's going to shy away from the rappers for, for a week. <laughs> like he's not going to do like, he's not going to quote Flava Flav. He's going to like quote George Strait or something. George I feel like that would be totally lost on regular. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I wait, like Meredith. Though, that's it. Do you have like a question 
that he's going to be asked and then his hypothetical response in your oh gosh something country but because i don't know any country songs that aren't dolly pardon i can't name anything so okay Brittany, i know that you've been researching this for two hours i have i went okay to, like i took i wasted so much of my time doing this <laughs> <laughs> it's an embarrassing <laughs> amount of time that i spent doing this um so you know i my dark horse in this okay. okay because i was trying to think okay baker mayfield um kind of corny you know sometimes he's really good sometimes he's not and i'm like who's what rapper like really resonates with that description and of course me thinking cameron because have you ever listened to cameron at all no. yes See, this, okay so a little bit right i'm like a, a big camp that's actually where uh my my twitter name came from was a cameron song so like i'm a big fan and in your free time everyone i encourage you <laughs> to please google funniest cameron lyrics because <laughs> they are so bad <laughs> that like and as i was going through all these songs like i was like oh yeah maybe you know i'll find something in that song they're like filthy and not really applicable to football at all but they're hilarious and you could spend an hour just googling cameron songs and you will not be sorry i promise you i was reading some of them to my dad and he's like please stop <laughs> also jerry submitted jerry submitted a lyric so we'll have to of read course, that was it tupac i'm sure it was um so here's a good one this in my dream world this is what's gonna happen so the reporter's gonna ask baker can you tell us about the game plan that made this offense successful this week Baker. Shake, bake, skate, vroom, vroom, seventh to the eighth, zoom, zoom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> and I will cry tears of joy if he does that. That is a Cameron lyric, by the way. Shake, bake, skate, vroom, vroom, seventh to eighth, zoom, zoom, boom, boom, tune. That's God, lyric. that would be amazing. I would, I would probably piss myself. <laughs> um, so I have two other ones short, and these ones made more sense than that. Well, actually, I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll drop the Cameron and I will die. But more likely, here's another scenario. Scenario B, we'll call this. Reporter, Baker. Did you feel better about finally getting to play in some nicer weather? Baker. I don't mind the cold weather. I'm from the Midwest. You know what the Midwest is? Young and restless. Oh, God. <laughs> that actually is like a great leading question. Like, that's I know. A great, like, I, I told you, I put way too I would put way more time into this than I did the actual rundown. <laughs> I wonder if um, he does this as well. So this one, this is from a song called The Art of Storytelling. And it's like, a, it's a DJ drama song, but... There's Andre, and I think Jada Kiss is on it. So, scenario C. Reporter. Baker. How do you think your game... Now I'm doing reporter voice. How do you think your game has grown since the first game this year? Baker. I started off starving. Now they got me out here, Brett Farvin, trying to see if I still got it. Yes, I can see that. For sure, he loves Brett Farvin. Yes. Love. Okay, that was really really great. Guys, where do you get this type of content from? Nowhere. Okay. Like we break this shit down. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> okay, I one um a little bit of a throwback tune. It might be actually too young. Yeah, he he's not old enough for this one. But oh well, we'll go with it. He's not old enough for DMX either. I don't think. Or yeah, it's probably okay. fair. It's a fair assessment. He's into the classics. This is probably what he listens to on his Peloton bike. Um. Okay. 
My question is going to be coming from Mary Kane. Um, yeah, Baker. Uh, question for you. Why did you choose to hand off in the end zone instead of uh, throwing the ball? You had two guys that were uh, looked to be uh, in single coverage, and, and you just handed it off to Nick Chubb. Can you uh, talk about that for a minute? Because Nick's so fly, a young, lovable, huggable type of guy, and everything is to, <laughs> is to the back with a little slack because inside it's wiggle, 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 whack. <laughs> Chris Cross will make a jump, jump. I love it. Will make a jump. <laughs> okay, so I asked this to you guys in our group text earlier today, but we've pretty much established that Baker has to have a bet with somebody to be dropping these things in in these press conferences. Who do you think he has the bet with? I feel like it's someone in the locker room. I want it to be Emily. Like this would be a boyfriend or this would be a bet I would have with like my significant other. The you need to drop classic rap lyrics in your interviews. (laughs) (laughs) Why is one asking him that? Like this is the information we need to know. I don't think they even understand what he's doing. Probably not. Does Mary Kay know what, you know, Snoop Dogg says? No. No. She's like, oh, okay. Or Tony Grossi. Can you imagine him being like, oh, that's a, that's a, a Lil Wayne lyric. No, that, that's not going to happen. My favorite is when they quote it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder if it's like his thing now, instead of saying like, woke up feeling dangerous, like he's just quoting other people. Although we know how many times he said that dangerous line throughout the year. Cause we saw it on, what was it? Building the Browns. I think they had him mic'd up and like, he said that a lot that yeah. year. Um. Yeah. I like, I almost wonder if this is like, and I saw someone say this on Twitter. I was like, what is this a Jimmy Fallon thing? Like at the end of the year, is Baker Mayfield going to go on like Jimmy Fallon show and be like, ha see, I told you I could do it. I could drop classic rap songs in every Perhaps. single one of my preferences. Perhaps. Okay. Do you guys want to pick a few from our thread? Because we got some doozies in here. I have Let's a really it. good one that I just want to read right off the bat because this would be perfect. Go ahead. Uh, I gotta find it real fast. This girl, okay, there she is. Jackie. Jackie Sands sent me this one. She said, I'm just actually hoping for Cleveland is the city where we where we come from, so run, run. Which would be perfect. That would just be perfect. Yeah. All right, I liked this one. This one's smooth, by the way. Um, Let me find it. I think it came from Joe. Do, do, do. Where are you? Joe B says, I'm deadly when I play a note melody. Anything less than the best is felony. I can see him saying that too. Whoa. <laughs> I just read Pete Smith. Pete's is good. Oh, no. Do you want to read that out loud? It's good. Yeah, I'll read it. Put a quarter in your ass. <laughs> Played yourself. <laughs> that would be in response to a question. The 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 question is why Landry isn't getting the ball or Wilson is terrible. You said should not will put a quarter in your ass. You <laughs> um, Kevin also had a really good one at Kevin underscore eighteen eighty reporter Baker. This is your first touchdown thrown a few games. What was your thought when you connected with Landry for the long touchdown pass? Baker, I bomb atomically, Socrates, philosophies, and hypotheses can't define how I'd be dropping these mockeries. 
Oh, I love these. They're so good. Oh, this is a good one. And it's Childish Gambino, so I'll read this. Oh, I love him. Took the G out the waffle. All you got left is your ego. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> love that. Childish. <laughs> the love of my life. Oh, well. All right, guys. Thank you for sending us those. I, yeah, hope, one, I hope someone's right. I hope we get it. I, I hope, hope it's Amron, because it. there is a plethora of terrible lyrics that i challenge you all to look up because it's hilarious when you're laying in bed tonight and you can't sleep say i'm gonna look up camera on the lyrics and thank me later i'll do that after i get off of reddit <laughs> raven's reddit <laughs> i'll be trolling the reddit boards for ravens oh, stuff oh all right everyone well thank you for tuning in live with us tonight on hot mix app um I'm happy that you guys get to listen to us this week based on our issues last week. Um, again, this is a reminder, we are doing the donation, accepting donations for Providence House Cleveland. You can find all of our information on our website as well as our Twitter pages. So be sure to get involved if you can. Um, you can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. So continue to download us. Um, we appreciate any ratings and reviews. We hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, we hope that you are thankful for a seven and three record. and the ladies of Grogan Klee. Stay healthy. Have a wonderful holiday. We'll talk to you guys next week.